0: April 12th the year 3030 we're down to the last three groups and I want to win. Of course I want to win despite of the fact of who's on one of the other teams. I can taste victory and it's tinged with my own ruthlessness. Our team is down only one from five team members We've lost only Aileen which isn't bad for a mission this hard, and we make it to the final destination, four of us, completely unscathed. A long, tall fence surrounds the three-story house. It's white picket and more than seven feet tall. We could scale it, but just as Clancy, our team leader, starts to hoist himself up, I realize his mistake and pull him back down. A shot rings out, and a small yellow circle hits the grass behind us, barely missing Clancy's head. Shit, Rose, good move. He exhales into the moonlit night. We hear an animal call out from the woods to the east, and the night returns to silence. Now what? He looks at me, passing the baton, an unspoken handoff of who is to lead the final charge. Well, it's one guy if we trust what Rustin said. Rustin is our mission instructor, and he said, One guy. Go take him down. No further instructions beyond that. We should be able to trust him, right? Layla, starry-eyed like most of the other recruits and just as young. Most of them look like children, if you ask me. If sharpshooting is part of his M.O., I'd say he's a lone wolf, possibly a serial killer. You would know all about that. Clancy smirks at me, and I exhale sharply. Layla looks at Clancy, and then at me, like she has no idea what's going on. She took down Ronan Kane. Clancy says this, like it's the most obvious fact on Earth. She took down who? Poppin' the last member of our remaining quartet, who stayed quiet for most of the night, asks suddenly, with interest shimmering in his eyes. He looks to Clancy, and then to me, as if I'd tell him. This was fun for the first week, but people bringing up that I took down the famous, Constitute graduate-turned-serial-killer, Ronan Kane, has lost its shine. But I suppose that being here, it might be inescapable. I make Clancy, Poppin, and Layla line up along the long white fence at equal distances. The person inside, who's shooting splatter balls at us, doesn't necessarily know how many of us are left, which will work in our favor. As I duck down by the edge of the fence, I can smell the wet earth, feel the grass brushing up against my ankles. Then I give the signal, and Clancy lets out a little oof, as he jumps in the air for the first time, the three of them leap about wildly, peeking over the fence, running back and forth as fast as they can to make it look completely random, like there could be dozens of us. Within seconds, I can hear the popping sounds of splatter balls being fired, one after the other. That should keep the shooter busy for a while. Peering out past the fence and looking up, I can see that the target is located in the third-floor attic. The nozzle of the gun is poking out from a small, circular window. Without turning around, I duck-run to the side of the house. The popping of the gun doesn't cease, and I steady my breath as I lean against the cold bricks of the house. Being an honest sheriff from a small town, I'm used to kicking down the front door. For this, I was rewarded with a big red bucket of paint that stained my skin for almost a week on my very first mission. Not this time, Rustin, I think to myself. Not this time. I start walking around the house, quiet as a whisper in the tall grass, between the wall and the tall bushes that surround the building. The house isn't as big as it looked during our initial approach, it's taller than it is wide. Every floor must only have two or three rooms. A trellis hangs from the western side of the house, but it looks new, like it was just attached days ago. I dismiss it as a trap and keep going, rounding the back of the building. Then I trip over something small and hard and tumble onto the lawn. Small rocks scrape against the palms of my hands as I catch myself. Sh- <sighs> I swallow my words, trying to stay quiet and start moving my aching palms along the ground, trying to figure out what tripped me up. After a few moments of searching through the dark like a drunk who's dropped their cubics at the bar, my fingers close around something round and cold. A latch, I realize, and pull at it as hard as I can, a flash of anger in response to the pain on my palms. Through the almost silent night, a loud creaking escapes from the hatch and the popping sounds of the splatterball rounds stop. I gasp as I realize my mistake. There is no time to think. Before I can do anything else, I slide into the dark open square that now gapes open before me, land on solid ground, and then, as gently as possible, grab the open hatch door and heave it shut. Behind me. It's pitch black. But then the following thought comes It's pitch black, and you were so loud the shooter now probably knows you're in the house. A third thought, bumbling and urgent Shit, 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 get upstairs now, shit. After a few stumbling steps, I find that there are stairs that lead further down into what I'm assuming is the direction of the main house into what I'm assuming is the basement. Running in blind is going to earn me a lecture by Rustin, I realize, and honestly, I deserve it. Hope of my team winning the mission is slowly dying, and I am already picturing myself buying round after round of apology beers to make up for my blunder. For a few moments, I hover at the base of the steps, waiting for a door to swing open and for us to lose. But nothing happens. Maybe the guy upstairs didn't hear me after all. Maybe he thought it was something else. I have traversed about half of what I believe to be the basement, aimlessly waving my arms out ahead of me, hoping to come upon a staircase or ladder, or really anything at this point, when I hear it. The latch from outside the house opening. It wouldn't make sense for any of my teammates to come in after me, and so it must be someone from the other teams. At this point, I have no idea how many are left. I know that all of the Delta team was taken out when we saw them cross the field ahead of us about an hour ago. They brazenly strode in, thinking the open space was safe, and just as soon as they landed in the pits dug as traps, we passed by them, wide grins plastered on our faces as they looked at the ground, waiting for us to be gone. Alpha team has at least three members that made it past the field and maybe even to the house. Trellin, Pompey, and Liam, if I remember correctly. Beta team has probably lost at least half their members, but Croy and Stella are strong, so my cubics are in them making it at least as far as the house, though we didn't see them again after we made it past the field. Holding my breath, I try to figure out where the other person in the basement is. But they must be holding their own breath, because I don't hear a thing. Then a flicker of light blooms like a tiny halo. That cheater. I almost cry out, but catch myself. If this person figures out where the stairs are, I can follow them and then turn them in for cheating when the game is over, and gamma green for the win. I smile to myself in the dank darkness. While the halo of light starts to move around the basement, a sphere of brightness so small that I can easily avoid being seen, I try to make out the face carrying the flame. But only the chin is illuminated. The fire making it strangely red and translucent. I slowly circle the light like a praying animal. At the other side of the house, a ladder comes into focus, leaned up against the wall of the basement. The flame is extinguished and I can hear the grasping of ladder rungs, followed by the creaking sound of ascent. The ladder is short and a bright square appears soon above me shining brightly, and then disappears. But in that short moment, I can see who the man is as he crawls out onto the floor above, and an urge moves through me, an urge outside of this mission. After waiting for a full two minutes, I make my way to the ladder and quickly climb up. Within seconds, I find myself in a bright kitchen. Dirty dishes line the counter and a strange smell comes from one of the cabinets. The houses we run our test missions in are usually borrowed from some local, and they don't tend to clean up before we come in. I resist the urge to open the stinking cabinet and close the hatch to the basement. Then I slowly walk through the door and into a short hallway that leads to another room. From there, I can just make out the man from the other team the one who cheated, and used an unauthorized tool for this mission. But as I watch his back as he heads up the stairs, I wonder if I'll actually be able to turn him in when the mission is over. Silently, I creep up behind him and upstairs to the second floor. Plush carpeting covers the floor in a faint, ugly yellow. My boots sink into it. The first room is a bedroom and I take cover behind the bed to think for a minute. If my orientation isn't thrown off too much, I am now directly beneath the shooter in the attic above. And just as I realize this, I hear footsteps trail across the room above me. Is he out of ammo? Is he going to get more? Is he coming down here? Suddenly, something warm and soft wraps itself over my mouth. Before I get a chance to scream, someone bare hugs me from behind. I'm about to elbow my attacker into the ribs when he says, Harper, it's me. I exhale deeply, Liam, you scared the shit out of me. I don't mention that I saw him coming upstairs and that I followed him, and I especially don't mention that I know about is illicit candle. Before I can think about it too much, he's kissing me hard on the mouth, and I kiss him back. This is new. This us. This Liam and I-ness. Only a week since we locked eyes during the last mission, both of us gunning for the key hidden behind a mirror. Only a week since we recognized each other as kindred spirits Spirits of reckless daring and a similar strangeness that pervades both of us, that makes us want to win, that causes our recklessness, something from our past that we don't speak of when we're alone. Every moment alone is precious, since we're kept so busy in the program. So even here, in the midst of a mission, we can't help but tear at each other for a few minutes. I missed you earlier during dinner. Sorry, I had to study. He whispers in between kisses. We laugh for no reason. There's more kissing until we just face each other in a loose hug. You want to go take this guy down? It's pretty dark in the room, but I can tell he's grinning from the sound of his voice. You know I do. I hold my hand up for him to grab and pull me up to him, but he must have not seen me, because instead Liam turns and walks out the bedroom door in one quick movement. And then he closes the door, and I can hear the key on the outside turn in the lock, with me still inside. For a moment I'm awestruck. Did Liam just distract me on purpose? To get a leg up on the mission? I want to say I understand that I would do the same, but despite the burning in my gut that makes me want to win, I wouldn't do something this callous. It hurts, and I feel so stung that I can't move. And for several minutes, I just sit there in the dark, waiting for it to make sense. But then I get angry. Not only will I turn him in for cheating, now I want to win the mission despite his betrayal. The bedroom I am in has a window, just below the window from which the shooter was poking his gun out of. While I'm rifling through the chest at the end of the bed that contains random articles of clothing, I can hear sounds from upstairs. Liam must have made his move. Loud banging thuds pound through the ceiling, is the sound of a struggle. It's impossible to tell who's winning, but just the same, I start tying together three of the pairs of pants I find, leg to leg to leg, until I have a long rope made of thick pant legs. Then I search for something heavy, and finally tie the man's leg box I find under the bed to the end of my makeshift rope. The thudding upstairs stops and I hear footsteps moving overhead. Before I make my move, I lean out of the window to look up, and lock eyes on the gun's barrel, back to poking out the window and taking aim at my teammates. I guess Liam didn't fare well in the one-on-one with the target. I leave the rope by the open window, stride across the bedroom, take aim, and kick open the locked door to the bedroom. The effect is as I'd hoped. The door cracks around the handle and disengages from the frame. With another hard kick, I smash the door open, and it hits the wall outside with a loud bang. Then I stride back to the open window. Footsteps move quickly from above me. I pick up the leck box, tie to the pants robe I've constructed, and cradle it in my chest as I lean backwards out the window. I hope whoever lives here doesn't need electricity in the near future. In my head, all of this seemed like a good idea. But now, as I'm staring up and rearing to throw the lek box up and into the window above, it's starting to feel a lot heavier than before, and I really only have one shot. If I miss... The shooter will be in the bedroom before I can make my escape. That, or the lek box, will come right back down and take off my head. Taking a deep breath, I line my palms against the back of the lek box, and then I heave it as hard as I can up and into the window above. There's a clattering sound as it hits the floor above. Hopefully, the shooter didn't hear and double back. I make a note of conducting my missions more quietly. But it's too late now, I realize, and I give it a tug. It might hold my weight, but probably not for long. I tug again and can feel the box grind against the wood floor upstairs. Then it stops. Maybe it got snagged on something up there. Either way, I'm all in now. I can hear angry footsteps coming down the hallway towards the bedroom. From the ledge, I pull myself up the makeshift rope, my ankles tightly wrapped around it, as I slowly climb upwards, pulling my torso up, then angling higher with my ankles and pulling my torso up again, just like they taught us. After just a few tugs upwards, I am able to throw myself through the open window, I realize the rope didn't get stuck on an object, exactly. Liam, gagged and bound to a chair, has thrown himself onto the ground to stop the lek box from flying out the window. How chivalrous. Liam, I say dryly as I step over his body, his eyes bounding wildly from side to side in what is the only gesture he can make in his position. Muffled sounds come from underneath the cloth wrapped around his face. Mm -hmm. He says, whatever that means. Then, in the corner, I see a young woman. So I take it you're the hostage? The woman nods solemnly. But wouldn't the hostage untie Liam if she were trying to get free? Just as the woman lunges at me, I jump back and duck grabbing a hold of my pants rope still dangling from the window. More muffled outbursts from Liam. We're not allowed to use real guns in these situations. Obviously, it's a training exercise. But before the wily woman, who is definitely not a hostage, can make another move towards me, I've pulled the small splatter gun from my holster and put three green stains right in the middle of her chest. Ouch she says, but doesn't seem too disappointed. Sitting in an attic all night is probably not her idea of a rip-roaring good time. You the accomplice? I ask her, but she shakes her head. Hostage that fell in love with her captor, she says, and then sits down in one of the ragged armchairs. Speaking of captor, the shooter suddenly stands in the door of the attic. My plan was to sneak up on him and take him alive, but my splatter gun is already drawn, and so he, too, gets three bullets to the chest. It feels a bit anticlimactic, but either way, Gamma Team wins, so I won't complain. I untie Liam, and as soon as I take the gag off, he tries to apologize by saying he helped me in the end. Without me, you would have fallen right off the side of the house. He laments, and even though he is right, I'm still sore. And I appreciate that, but I don't appreciate certain other shit you pulled tonight. My voice is cold, sterile, as I tie green ribbons around the wrists of my captives like their handcuffs. The image of Liam using a candle in the basement flickers through my mind. But for some reason I don't bring it up, and I don't think I'll turn him in either. The truth is, I like him too much, and I won either way, so what would be the point of getting him benched for the next mission? The guy who plays the shooter, one of the other instructors at the constitute that trains in battle tactics, murmurs something to me, but I've only been half paying attention. What? I pull the knot tighter around his wrists, the soft bow falling across his fingers. I mean, I know I'm only playing the serial killer in this scenario, but you want to grab a beer or something? Maybe you'll try to get in my pants after. He grins meanly, and I realize he's serious. I pause for a moment. He's supposed to be an instructor. Is he even allowed to say something like that to me? Are you fucking kidding me right now? My body feels hot my skin seeping out anger. This is another downside of being at the Constitute. Unlike the people on the outside, they've read the report of how I took down Ronan Kane. They know I slept with a serial killer. But until now, no one's had the gall to bring it up, or to use it as a cheap way to taunt me. I'll have to talk to Rustin about this. I'm in character, he says in a whisper, like we're both in on the joke. Sure. I grab his arm harder than I need to, and pull both him and the woman down the stairs to the first floor and out the front door. Much to my chagrin, I realize it has not been booby-trapped. We are met with cheers as my teammates come out from behind the fence and see the green ribbons tied around our prisoner's wrists. Gamma green, gamma green, and we pull into the lead, just like that. At the scoreboard ceremony, which is an unofficial name since we aren't supposed to be keeping track of each other's progress, we learn that of the beta team, Stella was the only member to make it to the house, but was taken out by the shooter before we even showed up. Not enough manpower left there for a distraction like ours. The Alpha team looks demure, as they thought they were going to win, and secure their unofficial lead over us. But as it stands now, we are ahead of them. This mission counting double, with twelve hours of tracking involved, just to get to the target's house. Thirteen to twelve, and even though the Alphas look sad now, I can tell they're all gunning to get back out there and take it back. After Rustin announces our score, tells us it was a job well done, and dismisses us, I hang around for a moment as my classmates filter out and into the hallway of the large building where our lectures are held during the daytime. My mind keeps flitting back and forth between Liam using the candle in the basement and the instructor, who brought up my one-time affiliation with a serial killer. I can't decide which one to tell Rustin about, implicate Liam, or try to get people to stop talking about certain aspects of my past. Rustin looks pained when I tell him. Some of the instructors that teach the more basic classes. I'll talk to him. He says and smiles at me reassuringly. I promise it won't happen again, Harper. No one should bring up the fact that you were once involved with Ronan Kane on such a personal level, or anything like that, for that matter. And yet you just did, I want to say. But instead, I just smile and thank him, stand, and head out the door. I just want to push out all the old, bad love, and let in a new, fresh love. When I get to my dorm room... Liam is already waiting, sitting on the floor, leaned up against my door, his legs sprawled out in front of him on the brown carpet. I'm really sorry about what I did. That was shitty. He says as I turn the corner, without getting up. It really was. I reply. I'm mad, but I'm softening. I often find my resolve softening around Liam. I got a head start on our ancient history homework while you were talking to Rustin, and you can take a peek if you want to. Now, I'm really softening. Even though I love ancient history class and don't actually mind doing the homework. People back then were strange as strange can be, but we both know that time not spent doing homework is time spent doing other things. So I quickly glance over the pages that Liam places on my desk, boldly titled The Great Unrest and Civil War of the 21st Century. Does a single source document warrant historic accuracy? Then I put the pages down before walking over to the bed where he's already waiting.